Before we get into the episode, just a little content warning here that the book Amygdalatropolis and our conversation cover some really kind of heavy themes. Anything we want to add to that? Yeah, we don't know what an amygdala is. We now know what an amygdala is, but when we recorded the episode, we did not know what an amygdala is. So partially because partially I refused to let Joey Google it. But we got it wrong, so enjoy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to How to Win the Lottery Season 3 Internet Module Amygdala Tropolis by B.R. Yeager. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm glad that you said the name of the book because I this is a, I, like every time I say it in my head, I mess it up. I can say it easily. Every time I type it, I'm like, I have to, I have to very slowly because it's like the word amygdala is complicated enough on its own to type and then you add in a, a, a fake word you make it a fake word and it's there's a lot and, going and on what what is the amygdala what is the amygdala it's a part of the brain is that is that before i google it is that don't google it does it, there's a there's a there's an official ban on you googling stuff in the middle of the show okay i think it regulates uh self-control is that right i don't know oh i think that's what it does okay should i google it no okay this is this is what we'll we'll go with Next week, we're going to be talking to B.R. Yeager, the author of this, which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, this was one that you you had not read this one I had not, before. No, I, had, I hadn't read it. I'd read... I, I know B.R. Yeager through... How did, how did I know about this? So I think he has a book out with uh, a press called Inside the Castle, which is a very like hyper experimental press that often does really interesting things with the way that text is laid out on the page and uh, which this does too, like really interesting things structurally with books so, okay. so, so that the books are like, a, a, you know, they're books for adults, obviously, but like there is an illustrative quality in the in much in the way that like children's books appeal to children in the way that like they're uh, with much more regards to layout and things sure, like yeah, that yeah. because because kids are processing imagery. And then I think that at some point we forget that or or, or we or we like portion that off into this idea that like that kind of thing is for children which it's which it's not it's still very much appealing to right. to adults when they're reading because you process things in a much much different way uh you know you you get used to like i'm reading uh right now i'm reading uh great expectations right by, by charles dickens holy shit is it a slog it's just like is it long? It's re- it's like 450 pages. Okay, right? so it's long, but it's not crazy long. Longish. But it's like very Victorian and traditional and the paragraphs are long and they're not broken up yeah. and 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 so you're you're staring down these enormous blocks of text text mm-hmm. which has an aesthetic an intimidating aesthetic uh for a reader. Like you just look at it and you and and without even processing what any of those words mean, it's daunting. Yeah, you like ingest the concept in a very like uh, intimidating and distracting way, and this content, Amygdalatropolis, or uh, this is not a, this is a schism book. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. With I can't that even press. find them online. It might it might be his press. That's what. So you know, my co-host over on Too Fast Too Forever lives in the New Haven area. And this was printed in North Haven. I'm like, hey, the book we're reading, you know, around the corner, and he looked them up. He can find them. I'm like, it might just be a guy in a garage. It might, it right? might be a guy in a garage, which yeah. is great. I mean, that's even like I I love that. What's that noise? That's a guy outside doing yard work. Nothing we can Son control. Of Son of a gun. Um, so, so I think we're that... putting our amygdalas to the test here. Maybe <laughs> if that's if it does what I think that's it what does. it does. <laughs> we're gonna find out that it like regulates spinal fluid or something like that, and it has nothing to do with anything. Um, where was I? Where, where where actually was I? Okay, you're so, talking about the the great expectations being daunting, or not? Maybe I was applying. That no, no, it it, it's, it, yeah. it it certainly is. Um, and I don't think that it's hard on a word-by-word basis, on a content basis. I don't think it's hard so much Great as yeah, so much as it's um, long and boring. Um, which which I don't by design or just because no that no it's, old? It's, it's 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 not by right. design. Okay. It's not even it's not even because it's old. There's something about it that doesn't press any of my buttons. It, mm-hmm. do, it doesn't like scratch any of the itches that I need scratched. These books. Whether it be Amygdalatropolis or any of the other, like Mike Correa is is a great writer that writes a lot of stuff for for Inside the Castle. He wrote a book called Gut Text that's really phenomenal. Um, these are books that I would say 
uh, when you look at the page, it's really appealing because yeah. of the way the text is laid mm-hmm. out. It draws you in in a very specific, very specific, specific way that might even bring in people who who aren't necessarily readers. Like you look at it and you think, like, not only could I finish this book really quickly because that is sort of appealing in its own way, being able to do like seventy pages in a day, right. or something like that. Or I read the whole thing in a day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry sh- to brag. Show off. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> or or. Uh, but you look at it and you think, like, this is not something that I've seen before, so it's fascinating, right. that's interesting. And then the content is incredibly fucking difficult. Yeah. And, and is really, really, in, especially in this case, really transgressive and uh, violent mm-hmm. and and uh, very much, like, a, it's a feel-bad book. I think what also, going to, before we talk about the content, about the actual stylistic structure, at one point toward the end... There's like narrative, and then there's sort of like third person, sort of like even though it's all third person, but there's like even more third person, like an italics, like sort of like removed from the scene. Yeah, that's and not then, that's not just in the end. That kind of well, that, I know, but but I'm, but then there's yeah. also like uh, two or three different message board posts, and there's like left aligned and right aligned, and even maybe center aligned. And there's yeah. like there's four or five things happening on a single page, uh-huh. and. I think only because of the way it's laid out are you able to keep that all straight. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, there's something uh, uh, almost graphic designy about it yeah. that you don't. I think a lot of writers don't think about the way that the text looks on the page. Yeah, and I think more and more as our brains, as our amygdalas. Um, maybe, maybe, possibly, sort of uh, reorient themselves to process text through the internet, mm-hmm. um, and not so much novels. Like we're more and more uh, aware of and attracted to deviations from standard uh, the the way books are standardly written, or um, you know, are, authors are going to have to start thinking more and more about how the text looks on the page because because you have when you when you design a website you have to think about how the text looks yeah. on the page right well i think you know what's interesting to me somewhat on the same topic is that this is not available as an ebook this is only available oh in, that's great you can, you only and i think part of that is because like i was tempted to type in one of the because there's a lot of URLs in here that like redirect to like horrific shit, and I kind of want to be like, is this a real URL? I, I doubt it, and I, I don't think it is. But I think that there would be an easy temptation if you're on your computer reading on the Kindle or on your phone, and there's a link to like either a YouTube video or like you know some dark web uh, tour on, dot onion link or whatever to like click on that, and be like, ooh, what is this? And like I I I think he might have done this intentionally. Sure, yeah, like, yeah. To, like, steer you away from that well it also it also speaks to the thing that we you know we've talked about it a bunch of times but just the thing that uh darcy wilder said in our interview with her where she talks about how you know her book because so much of it is about being on screens and being mm-hmm. being like having mm-hmm. your life sort of adjusted by the internet that that it was important to like return the book itself to a, to a novelistic right. form away from the ebook and and the sort of screen dominated way to consume things yeah and i think that the other thing in terms of format not about this book is that i read ducks newberry port both in ebook and audiobook yeah. but if i had the actual physical 1100 page that's like just basically a block of text for that like it would have been even more daunting like on your phone or whatever wherever you're reading it it's hard to like actually flip through and be like oh this is all the same here you can like thumb through and be like oh i can actually fly through this because like like this page for instance i just like went like there's like nothing on that it's just you can just go through it so yeah it's interesting too that you bring up audiobooks because that's another that that's another point to the importance of the way the text is laid out on the page and the way that like this book is so much a novel in that it couldn't possibly translate to an audiobook because right. what would the would the would the audio would the reader say uh you know backslash 1404 er backslash parentheses wed and parentheses 182247 number like you couldn't you it couldn't would, do it it would it would drive you crazy and and the way that like youtube links and things like that have a random assortment of numbers and letters and punctuation mm-hmm. like there's something that when we look at that on a page our brains immediately like we know what that is, and the randomness of it tied to the content of this book is frightening in a way that, yeah. that, that like, if you were saying it out loud, you would just be like, what, what, I don't understand, this is so stupid. Right. Because most of this book, so what this book is about is a 16, he starts off as 16 years old, mm-hmm. an unnamed main character. Homeschooled. Who just goes by 1404ER, lives with his parents. 
is living an adult life to whatever extent that means at 16 because he's already graduated homeschool and his parents he's you know convinced he's basically sequestered himself off in their former bedroom because he's like I don't want to deal with you or the outside world and, and he needs an attached bathroom <laughs> yes because he wants a private bathroom and so he literally buys his parents out of their master bedroom uh, by paying them off but like lives at home and just doesn't see them or go out to the world his mom drops off food he doesn't see her but just like lives his life online in a 4chan or 8chan kind of space where it's all these people like just trying to get off on like the most horrific shit imaginable from what I understand because I've never really spent time on these websites but there's another podcast on our network hard to believe where my co-host from a different podcast 1999 on the podcast anyway John Brooks <laughs> who's the host of that I do a show with him too but he talked to the guy who like co-founded 8chan and so he explained sort of the process of like how that actually works and from what I remember it's all anonymous because like it's just like a place for people to be yeah. their thing yeah. and so in this world, he's on a forum called 1404ER, which is what he calls himself, but everyone is 1404ER. And it doesn't matter who it is. And like, you only signify that you're the person who started the thread by saying okay, OP, yeah. an original poster. And it's just people going back and forth of like sharing snuff films and some harmless stuff or some not so harmless stuff. Well, there's an interesting juxtaposition, I think, between the most horrific things that you can think of in the world, which is, you know, suicide videos, rape videos. Uh, massive disasters, um, just awful things happening yep. ha happening to people with uh, more, um, you know, interesting philosophical or technological questions. And that, w that shows you that, you know, the people that are on this board have skills. They, they, they have yes. things that they're able to think deeply about things. And they're, it's not all homophobia and misogyny mm -hmm. and all of these things. Um, they also can speak fairly knowledgeably as far as I know, cause I, I, I don't, I don't have any knowledge about it, but about things like astronomy yeah. and about, uh, you know, tech stuff and, and, and things like that. Tech stuff makes sense because of the context. I mean, it's just a matter of using your powers for good or evil kind of, right? It's like, they're all, there's a point in this where one of the posters is like, look, we all know what we are here. We're either fat virgins, skinny virgins, or there's a third category. It's like, I'm a fat virgin. Um, yeah. And, like, it's just the kind of thing where, like, they can all pretend that they're these, like, edgelords or whatever, whatever the word is. But at the end of the day, they're just kids who spend their entire life online. And, like, when you have the time, you're probably reading about things, either good or bad. Like, you're either reading about astronomy or, like how to lace water bottles with rohypnol for whatever reason. Well, there is, yeah, for whatever reason. For one specific <laughs> there, reason. There, there are a lot of different reasons why you might want to lace water bottles. Um, anyway, like, there, there is something fascinating. Like, like, a lot of the tension to me in this book exists in what's real and what's not real, right? Because all of these people are online. There's, like, there's one thread where it's like, uh, how many people have you killed? Right. And some people are saying they did this. Some people are saying they, they, did, they did that. You get the sense that... And and that might be the the point where that person in intervenes and says, "Look, we're all like yeah, yeah. one of three people here," and you get the sense that these people, for all of their fronting and for all of their like quote unquote badness, th they are all also lying. Yeah, it's a facade, right? And and, and they are uh, like sort of living vicariously through these horrific events because those are the things that give them. Uh, emotional spikes mm -hmm. right they uh, other than that they're living in a uh an environment that does not have stimuli right, right. They're, they're you know boxed in a, in a room uh not talking to people face to face not feeling the sun on i mean if we extrapolate and think of the main character as all of these characters which we don't know which which of them he is or which of them he's 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 whether or not he's just i lurking. think by design right because yeah it's no for sure anonymity, for sure right? yeah. because it presents this collective view of the internet as this mm -hmm. maybe very very frightening uh place well i think also when there's actual real life versions of violence that are shared and like tagged like it like you're on ebay selling a hard to find video game system you like put your handle the thing it's like hey 1404 er like look what i just did and it's like a, a girl with her face bashed in with a wine bottle you get you get the sense that the real that there are real ones and when there are real ones some people in the forum react the way that normal people would react they're horrified and they would think uh, should we call the police on this um and then other people are like you Thanks know for making this the best valentine's day ever yeah 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 uh those are people for whom the 
uh, you know, I, I even hesitate to say real world because this is very much a real world for, for these people. It's it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the lived experience of being online has as many emotional highs and lows yeah. as whatever exists in the physical going outside and playing sports and whatever. Uh, so I, I don't want to say real world, but it's, it's kind of like world A and world B, sure. each of which is as legitimate as the other. Yeah. Um, but what fascinates me about this is that the main character, 1404er, I don't know. I keep, I, I, in my head, I was thinking I like 1404er. Like yeah, he's that's a, like, Well, it's 404, like, because there's the error. I don't know. I don't know what the that's, yeah, right. origin is, but um, yeah. Anyway, so he's agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of his agoraphobia, you can attribute some of it to this idea of something that may or may not have happened where he was kidnapped and molested when he was younger. By the Polish woman. By the Polish woman. You and, and you can, but there's like a sense that that is sort of blurry to him. He's not sure how much of that is real right. or if any of it is real. Right. And maybe because his life has become this thing that's like, uh, sort of smeared through the way that he nothing changes, but everything changes yeah. on a day to day basis. Uh, really, really complicated and very strange. Um, and also like in a weird way that's almost like a weird kind of bragging rights for this kind of forum. Like, oh, I was 16 years, I was like, whatever, I was X years old and like this oh, yeah. Polish woman like had sex with me and she brought me like, and like with a machine, it's like, it seems like a little boy's fantasy that this like foreign woman comes with a gun and like takes you away and like has a sexual relationship. It's just like, there's a weird, it seems very strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's interesting that he is afraid to essentially step out of the world. He's afraid of like the, you know, when he sees people or when they speak, it's like knives going into him and he's afraid of the dust and all these things. Um, well, because like what's what's crazy is that at the end, we like we, we go forward like five or six years at least yeah. from the start to the end. And like when his mom is no longer there and his dad's not around or whatever, he's like, how am I going to eat? It's just like, well, dude, just order food. But like even that is either he just didn't think of it because he's never done it before or like you're saying, he's just too terrified. But like it's such a simple like even a thing where like you don't even have to talk to the person. Yeah. It's too much for him. Right. But okay, so so let me just finish this thought. Yeah, yeah, um sorry. L- like my what's interesting to, uh, about this to me is that um one of the reasons why he, I think he's so afraid and why the world seems so terrified is because his entire interactions throughout every day creates this unbelievably violent and confrontational world. Mm-hmm. Like he just day to day looks at things that are like wildly violent that you would Yeah if you're lucky, never have to confront in your entire life in any context whatsoever, because most of what everyday life is, is walking down the street and getting pizza and things Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. And and totally like interacting in a normal way. You're not going to confront somebody drinking acid to kill themselves and watching their bodies get burnt inside out. The, the toughest part of this book to read is the fantasizing about raping his mother that happens quite frequently throughout the first half of the book right but like also coming from the perspective of someone who's like has no idea how any of that works like he's picturing it as like she's plastic she's gonna feel like plastic well it's because his mother is the only woman that actually exists in his life so Mm -hmm. she's the only person that he can have sexual fantasies about that exists in a place that that's not on screen right a lot of the book at least in the in the first half is focused on this idea of um whether or not he can get his dick hard and things like that and he's he like you know there, there's paragraphs dedicated to him touching himself above and below his sweatpants and mm-hmm. uh all of this stuff and and it you know this culminates in him roofing his mom she goes unconscious and he gropes her when she's unconscious and he is immediately disgusted right because of the feel of a real live body inst- mm-hmm. instead of a because this is probably the first person he's touched in years if not ever right yeah yeah unless that unless Polish, the Polish woman uh, actually yeah, happened, un- yes. unless that woman existed but the touching of a real live woman might also remind him of the Polish woman mm-hmm. you know th- there's this uh feedback loop here uh so he he you know uh concusses her and then tells her she should go to the hospital. But you get the sense that she really is aware of what happened. Um, because after that point, she doesn't talk to him anymore. Because up to that point, she's been trying to see him, trying to spend time with him, trying to have conversations, bringing him things. And then he writes, like, she's been distant, she's been cold. She's like, I'm going to stay at the hospital with your father. Like, she knows to mm-hmm. some extent that, like, he did something, even if she doesn't know. And then what she's he did. dead. And, and, and there's almost no space between those things it's like she is concussed in the hospital 
and then she's dead. Yeah, because his dad has colon cancer, mm-hmm. and so he's spending time in chemo, and she's like, just please spend time with him. That's all he wants, just spend time. And he's like, no. And then she goes to the hospital, and there's like a, like a single sentence like, you know, in the time she was with him, she developed her own. She didn't want to like be a bother, didn't say anything, and she died. Yeah. And it's like, oh, quickly. Yeah. And then his dad dies. His dad dies slipping on the front steps or something, right? It's not mm-hmm. even cancer-related. And he's left alone in the house that he's inherited and he doesn't go to either of his parents' funerals, and he lives off the money that he that he's been been given. I I find it I I think we step away from realism a little bit here because I I don't think that you'd be able to deal with all of those finances and the house stuff and all that without ever actually interacting with anybody. Um, because uh, I've been through that, and it's it's actually you have to talk to a lot of people yeah. and you have to sign a lot of papers. I wonder if it's one of those things where he just has like an online money manager, just like just deal with it. I don't want to. I trust you. I don't want to. Yeah, talk maybe, to you. maybe. I think you still have to sign stuff, and you still yeah. have to get things like death certificates, and you have to prove that you're the, right. Um, but, but he like inherits the house on a million dollars, and basically just seems to spend them all on like chat girls and a sex doll and, and a sex like, doll, right? Which is which is the the extension of like the sex doll is the next movement towards sexuality after he fails with his mother, and then he's also disgusted by the sex doll because it's he, too realistic. Yeah, and he cuts it up and throws it in the shower, right? And pisses on it, and then like lives in it. Like there's there's a thing like it, it becomes not surreal, but hy- hyper real or something yeah. like for a. Going back to your, like, world A versus world B, like, so much of this is online. Mm-hmm. And then he buys a sex doll. He has to deal with the two people who, like, drop off the crate, who give him a crowbar because he doesn't have a crowbar. He, like, touches the doll once, chops it up like you said, puts it in the bathtub. I think he pisses on it. Then all of a sudden, there's, like, centipedes that, like, run that bathroom now. Yeah. And it's like, wait, is this real? Like, I, it felt like... I mean, it might be. I, I don't... I You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a man that's afraid of centipedes. But, like, if, if you're a person that never has to engage with any sort of biological anything and then all of a sudden there's something that's crawling and has a thousand legs or a hundred legs um and is like moving you know around in your room like they, I, I could see that as being something that's really terrifying and also just be like just have it i don't want it that's your room now yeah yeah exactly because your... that's how he treats the house right he can goes from place to place like all the stuff's still there there's like the different dust he goes downstairs it still smells like his parents because he hasn't been down there like there's been nothing's disturbed them in the years since it's just it's crazy but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yeah, very freaky. I, I'd say that there are three competing narratives here. One of which is the boards, right? Just, sure. Just the forums, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dialogue back and forth among uh, people that are completely anonymous, that we don't know what he's taking part in, except for we, we know that he, we can identify him as one person because he asks about the way to get the seal off of a water bottle without it being right. Uh, so we know that we know that that's him. So we know we know that he is actually engaging in writing sometimes. But there's no way to tell who's who, as far as I know. Um, and there's also like in the cam girls, I think he goes by like Chachi something, like Chachi boy or something. It seems okay. to be that because he, he keeps getting, I don't know, whatever. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we can talk about that a little more in a bit um, once I look at my notes, which I haven't done yet. Um, Powerful stuff. <laughs> uh, and then we, we uh, so there's the, the boards or yep. the forums. Mm-hmm. And then you, side note, I once like didn't, I lose a friend is dramatic, but like I had a friend that I was really close with. I lived with him in California and he, uh, like we moved out to California together and he, he got really into Coachella oh. and he, cool. n- no, but, but he like disappeared. He, okay. be- he became like a guy that was on the Coachella boards year oh, round okay, for okay. like, like for like 17 hours a day. He would just be like on the Coachella forums, yeah. like talking with people, engaging with them. And like, they created a real community. And like when they went to Coachella, it was like, now there were like 40 people that you knew that you could mm-hmm. party and hang out with. And it's a, a community of like-minded people with a lot of music and stuff like that. And, and, but it was like, I remember just being like, dude, you are, this is insane. You are spending way too much time. Well, on I think the that's the thing. It's like where your perspective is. Cause like a lot of my, uh, I have, I have one sort of group of friends who, are all extremely online. I think mostly healthy, but some, you know, whatever. But they've all, like, a lot of them met each other and, like, met their husband or wife on a message board. Yeah. And they all, like, they, this was just the place that they, like, felt, like, you know, because it was a music-based board for, like, NJ, like, you know, punk bands and punk shows or whatever. Right, yeah, there's a common bond. Yes. Right? You and can... so you, I think if you're not in that world, you'd be like, why are you still on that? Like, why are you, like, you're, just, you're not, but, like, there's friendships and that become real friendships and become real relationships and, like, like married and kids and stuff like yeah yeah and so i think i'm not saying spending 17 hours a day on the coachella message board is healthy but like 
to him, it might be the most normal thing in the world. Yeah, no, I think it was, it was, you know, it, you're doing whatever gives you that, like, oxytocin hit or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or uh, serotonin. Or high. I, I, people. I clearly don't know how the brain works. I'm you just naming chemicals. <laughs> well, I think it's also, like, I think, the, I think the, the, the surprising thing about that in that situation is that, like, it was a, it was a shift. Like, as far as we know, this guy was always yeah, yeah, a yeah, message. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. like he was, like, a normal, like, quote-unquote normal, again, that's not the, mm-hmm. that's the wrong word, but he was, like, a normal kid that, like, just fell down this, like, 8chan kind of thing. It's like, it seems like he was always here, so... Right, whatever. yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's three There's three narratives. There's the uh, forums. There's the forums, then there's the, the uh, what we'll call World A, right, which is him, like, okay. actually in his bedroom with his parents bugging him, and he's got his job for the, ironically, like, the mental health services mm-hmm. where he's, like, doing tech stuff for them. You know, that that's, like, the concrete world that we can we can like picture him yes. in we can like create a a visual like i i can see his bedroom in my head really well um it's real sad and then there's a third one this which is uh illustrated in italics um that is a much more abstract and poetic world that is almost feels almost religious in a sense there's something like uh ascendant about it the imagery is is very um I, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure how 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 to how to put it, but it's like I had a hard time like plate not placing this, but like picturing this or yeah, describing it. it yeah, it exactly. Feels, it's ethereal. It's like ethereal. That that is the word that I was looking for. Good job. It's like describing him, but not him. Yeah, and and there's narrative from a uh, video game that he's playing, or or that might be him. I don't. I'm not really sure. He might be the Henry that he's talking about. And that the video game, the Henry thing, like he plays this game, but it it seems like no matter what he does, every every choice he makes does it's like you can either do this or not. It doesn't have any, any impact in the game. It just it feels like the futility of everything. Yeah, it's incredibly. I would say that this is a nihilistic book. Well, here's a, here's a, I just thumbed through to find one. In his sleep, he dreamt he was a bumblebee. Fists and feet dipped in wax and flakes, spells conjuring flowers and sore throats. The motions of his extremities monologuing in order for worlds. A blade down behind and vomit feed for gods. His body a caliber for the grid he was measured for. A body plump and tempting crush. It's like, I don't know, like it sounds nice. I don't know what that means. I don't yeah. know exactly know what it's describing. Yeah. It comes right after a forum post, right before him talking about Victoria, the Polish woman. It's like, I don't know... I like it. I don't know that it. I, I know it serves a purpose, but I, I can't really. Place yeah, it's, it's, that. it's imagistic in the way, in, in almost the opposite way as the uh, like series of characters representing websites is. Like in, in that sense, the the language being used evokes an idea within us without us being able to parse what the signifier itself is whereas these are signifiers that we're familiar with we know what all those words mean individually and when we put them together it creates uh almost an anti-narrative there's no real path to follow but we can follow what the imagery mean on a sentence by sentence basis and those images make us feel things and make us react i think when it first started i thought like he had died maybe and like this was like an afterlife well kind this of? is kind of what i mean but it's it feels ethereal and almost yeah. religious there, there is like a, a near religious component to it and then like as it went on i'm just like that does that's not it but i didn't have a better idea than that so do you remember the the one thing that made me laugh out loud in this <laughs> is it what i texted you about <laughs> Well, so every time when I'm when I'm reading a book for the podcast, I I tend to like it on Kindle because I like to highlight the things. Like it, it saves it very easily, as opposed to me having like type quotes or whatever. But as I'm reading through here, I'm like very I have to like think about a thing that I'm going to type and save later to use in like a specific place on the post. And like all like the really kind of memorable things in the first like half of the book are all like hor- they're memorable because they're horrific. And it's just like that's a very vivid way of like I love the writing, but like I can't put that on our site. Like that's what, what the fuck? And then there's one, the first one I found, which is tell it's in a forum post called tell us your deepest, darkest secret. Yeah. Really and, bad things. I don't like that. You would never tell your friends. And some of it's just like, you know, like I was a virgin till I was in college or blah, blah, blah. Or like I killed the man or just like, it's some lies or whatever. And then I think it ends a chapter and it just says, I tell all my friends I don't watch Naruto, but actually I watch Naruto. <laughs> Which is so funny because it's like it exists in this space where, uh, you know, like anime and and like the fan dedication to anime is equally as por- as important as like, you know, doxing a girl yeah. who like sent nudes once and get trying to get her to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is like like that's a very, very dark version of funny. 
Well, I think what's also interesting about the portrayal of the worlds, and I don't know what it was that you just said that made me think of this, but like in the Patricia Lockwood book, which we might release after this, depending on mm-hmm. how I might shuffle some things around. But in that book, she describes like the the portal and the dictator. Here there is the computer and the vans. And like they're, again, specific things that have a, a one meaning, but they're not necessarily... I mean, this is more, I think... There, I guess they're both direct. Well, explain explain what Vans is. It's it's V ampersand. Right? Well, they're, they're, yeah, I think in the beginning they write about they write out the actual word Vans, mm-hmm. but on the forums people say, "Hope you don't get V ampersand Vans," which is like, "Oh, you're you're dabbling in truly illegal shit." Like the feds might show up; they're probably monitoring your computer, and they might show up in the Vans and arrest you. Yeah, game over basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, but the computer in the Vans is like access to the world and the one enemy kind of yeah as like the portal and the dictator so okay. yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of interesting like that for sure for sure uh, on page 15 this a little a little personal note here because we also have to talk about the the first page 15 because there's a there's a page xv which we'll talk about we haven't talked about like maybe the most interesting thing or like a the most confusing yeah thing about yeah, this. yeah that's, we'll talk that's about a that. big thing um page 15 I remember when I was about 10, I saw some three-year-old fall out of the shopping cart he was sitting in, and he hit his head on the floor. And I remember in the second before he started crying and his mom began consoling him, they were at a dollar store, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyway, this is how I lost my sense of smell. You fell out of a shopping cart? I fell out of a shopping cart. Cracked my skull on the ground. Can no longer smell because of it. When you were three? Uh, four. Uh, well, there... What if <laughs> this is a very like was you. very direct, uh, very direct line to my actual life right there? You were like, "B.R. Yeager, I feel seen." <laughs> I thought it was really funny when when uh, someone very casually mentions um, society's elites, and then another person responds by saying. Society's elites go back to grad school with that crap, because like this idea of, and also th- this comes up later. I think it's in the, I think it's in the cams, but it might, it may be on the, bo- it may be on one of the boards. I don't remember. Um, but like it's like room rules, no politics, be polite, and it's like that's, yeah. it's so funny to have those rules on the internet where it's like, all of these things are politics. Yeah, like they, they're, they're what they mean is don't specifically talk about Donald Trump or don't specifically talk about like Democrat or Republican politics, right. but like the misogyny that they're engaging in is political sure. and, and like everything is political. But it's also funny because it's like, why not? Because you don't want these people to argue with each other. Like it feels like like arguing and and uh, like people having bad feelings towards each other is, is the worst thing that can happen in this world. Well, there's also something interesting that's like hinted at. I think in the threat, either where the person kills the girl with the wine bottle or maybe later where someone drowns their infant in the bath. Like there's some horrific shit, but there's like one person like seriously, there's nobody modding anymore. And there's like this reference, this allusion to like there is someone in charge of keeping this like a somewhat safe space, Um, if only safe in so far as like we're keeping real shit out of this so that the rest of us don't get taken down because like someone else did like murder and also the kid. And, and also so that they're not annoyed because the thing that that person is talking about being modding modding for was someone else asking how to have access to the dark web right which everyone on the board is just like you fucking noob like that stuff doesn't matter like it also feels like it's like almost like a cop like hey how do i get on the dark <laughs> web kids? Yeah, yeah 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 um can we talk about the ending sure so one of the final things that happens is he buys that sex doll that we talked about. And um, then there's the forum poster drowning his baby and posting pictures of it, whatever. Centipede's going wild in the bathroom. And then he goes and lies down in the bathtub, either the sex doll bathtub or a different bathtub, I don't remember. He tries to kill himself. And it doesn't work. It doesn't take. The the razor is too old or yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's yeah, a safety yeah. razor or something. And he's just like scraping skin off. He doesn't even break the skin. Yeah, he does, doesn't know how. Because he, does, yeah, he doesn't have a real razor. He has like a Gillette sensor excel. It's the best man can you get. can't like... But you can't cut your wrists with that. No, I think you probably have to dissem- whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to teach you how to slit, <laughs> slit your wrists. But then he just like goes back to his computer and finds a site that has like 17,000 like live webcams from around the world and just stares at that. And that's how it ends. Like he's like escaping to the real world. Like it, it feels. Well, it feels. But his escape to the real world feels post-apocalyptic because there's nothing much going on. Well, it feels, world. it feels like a victory of sorts. It also feels like a sad kind of resignation. Like, mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to experience the outside world. But yeah, it's like most things, it's just like, you know, 
a webcam in a zoo or whatever and just like there's not even animals on this thing it's just like there's there at some point there will be an animal there but like right now there's nothing did you like the ending or no yeah because it's kind of a non-ending which kind of feels right up your alley sure thing did you like this book overall i did yeah there you know i i uh it gets enormous enormous points for tackling a subject in fiction that i don't think i've seen people tackle before which is because it's it's new right who's mm-hmm. who's going to write about this stuff it's the current generation of writers right um you're not going to get thomas pynchon isn't going to write about this because it's like oh, yeah. he probably doesn't know about it he, yeah well he might because he wrote the bleeding edge which is a lot of that's about the internet but um yeah the older the older folks are sure. not going there's like a, a group of people that grew up with this and because the something awful i mean i had friends when i was in high school who were on the something awful forums and that was in the 2000s early early 2000s uh late 90s um i never did that i know of it I no i didn't i didn't either because yeah. it's like i don't i don't i i i'm like a you know kind of a a a wuss in that like it's i think pretty easy to make me feel bad by and yeah. and like the last thing that i want to do is see someone committing suicide like i'm not a gore guy at all i can't i i have a tough time dealing with that to the point where i had a tough time dealing with this book actually but that doesn't mean that it wasn't good it doesn't mean i didn't like it i was always like interested in like faces of death or whatever and i would like click the video like, oh yeah I watch, I watch faces of death but then like as soon as like a, like one of those like real like a decapitation video or whatever i'm just like oh i don't want to see this yeah, but, yeah like yeah. i would want to like so i could say like oh i started watching or whatever like mm-hmm. but like i never i never did that but i wanted like the kind of like the well, it's, it's a, a social cachet or whatever of like, oh, yeah. I'm not afraid of anything. Faces of Death is interesting because like this book, like half the shit on Faces of Death is completely fake. Yeah. OK. I believe that. So. Yeah. And then and then it's like mixed with like news footage of like someone getting their hands cut off in some country that's, you know. Right. Far away. Far enough away that we can feel like those people are savages or whatever, you know. Right. Was there something more you want to talk about with the cam girls or no? Oh, there was a there was a thing that I thought was like kind of you know made made me think is is pretty typical about this, which he says um, there's a cam girl that I think is talking about how she's feels uh, very depressed and near suicidal, and he's like, can you take a picture with some knives? Like he's trying to get her to go and take pic like right. take, take out knives and take a picture with him, and then he gets banned, and he says, um, you know, they always banned him even when he was sure they liked it. And it's like he's sure that they liked it because his entire world exists within his brain and he has no experience of right. interacting with other people at all. And like probably like I don't know how he would be able to read dishonesty or, or intent in someone's face. Well, what's also I think what what he's maybe misinterpreting and this is just me reading into it, but like he's entering, like there's like a 10 page stretch where he goes into a bunch of different chat rooms or whatever. And it seems like every time he goes in there, they're like, Oh, you're back. Right. But that's like the waitress thing. It's like, you're tipping these people. Like their job is to like flirt with you and you're giving them money. Yeah. All the people in the world who have ever thought that strippers really liked them or right. whatever. And so I think he's like, Oh, they really like it. Cause like they're so affectionate toward me when I come in. It's like, yeah, because you're giving them probably more money than anybody else. Cause like you just inherited a million dollars have no concept of what that means, have no expenses, and so you can just give the girls online, which, by all means, do it. Please, support sex work. But they don't like you for that, and they're not, like, appreciating you, like, trolling them and trying to get them to maybe kill themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Regardless of what you mean by it, or, you know, like, because he, he is, like, pretty insistent that he doesn't want them to kill themselves or whatever. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's very weird. Anything else to talk about with the book, or should we talk about the academic essay? Let's talk about the academic essay, which is by Edia Canole, I think her name is. Canole. Uh, Edia Canole, who is, like, what you look at, like a, a, a... She's a George Bataille slash black metal theorist, um, which is, like, interesting. From, like, Ireland or something? Dublin, I think? I think, I think that's it. Uh, well, what's fascinating about this is that you and I both, when we were reading this intro, thought that she was maybe not a real person, that this was B.R. Yeager writing a... Uh, academic essay to start his 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 book and would contribute to the narrative in a certain way what are you what are you looking i was looking because like it says in here first published in 2017 by schism press and then it says first edition and i was trying to see if like this was like a, a reprinting because as far as we can tell this is a real person writing an actual essay bringing literary gravitas to like shit posters on each end 
Yeah. In a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And I think when we both thought it was fake, I think the fact that he puts it before makes it feel fake. I think if this was at the end, I'd be like, oh, this is someone actually like commenting it. But I think the presentation of this before and qu- she's quoting passages from the text that we've not read yet made it feel like I'm going to be talking about some real low, bra- like not really, but like I'm going to be talking about some lowbrow stuff over here in the actual text. Let me write this like insanely highbrow literary analysis of this thing to like highlight the discrepancy or that like everything has value or whatever reading you want to take from it. But then like when you're talking about it, as I was in the middle of it, I'm like, wait, this is re- it's real. You're like, I, I Googled her and she's real. Like it's yeah, insane. It's the interesting thing about it to me is that insane um, in a fascinating way. I don't mean that as a negative. Uh, like you usually get introductions to books that are like Penguin Classics or mm-hmm. Library of America or something like that. And you get like the the hard time, the sorry, not hard times, the Great Expectations that I'm reading right now has an introductory essay by John Irving um, about how Great Expectations is the book that made him want to be an author. And as you read it, he goes through and he quotes from it and he talks about what's important about different things. Um, but the introduction of cla- the introductions to classic literature are often used to guide your reading of the text in some way. Yes. Um, now, normally these come way after the fact, after there's already been critical, uh, not consensus, but there's like a lot of different people like, like waiting. Decades of conversation. Yeah, decades of conversation, reviews, a bunch of different people saying, we think this, no, we think this. And then you get someone with significant gravitas to come in, like John Irving, and write an essay. And Edia Canole, you know, uh, I'm not saying that she doesn't have gravitas. She doesn't have name recognition to me, which doesn't mean much because I don't, you know, this world is not my world. I don't know that much about what she's talking about. I'm not that familiar with Georgia Bataille. I know a little bit about black metal. Um, Not much. But it's interesting to take that and attach it to a first edition, and not only attach it to a first edition, but attach it before the story of the first edition, so nobody reads the novel itself. There's no critical consensus there, or, or critical conversation right. about the book before coming in with this academic essay mm-hmm. about the book and its merits and values and the ways in which it, uh, you know, examines the uh, sh- straightforwardness of the worst, right? Well, what's also crazy to me about this is that this novel is not long. Megalopolis itself is about 150 pages. This yeah. essay is longer than 30 pages. Like the ratio of like what it's analyzing to its analysis is mind-boggling to me. Like it's so extreme in the ways you're describing and like other ways that I'm like this can't be real. Like it feels everything about it seems like this is the rehearsal or you know what I mean? Like, it well, it's, it's, like... it's placing it, it's placing it in the canon of transgressive literature, right? George Bataille is a, is an important transgressive writer who is writing about, uh, sexuality and violence in a way that like he's one of the guys that you trace books like this their their lineage back to. So it makes sense to bring in an academic who, who looks at it from that. And like, I do think that it's worth turning a very serious academic eye to things like 8chan because, like, that stuff is way, way, way more indicative of where societal anxieties are than the evening news or or, or whatever. Like, you know, the evening news is for... uh, Squares. Middle-class adults who, who are getting cars advertised to them and plaque psoriasis medication. Well, I think that's something that we've been talking about not in every episode this season, but in a lot of the different episodes this season about, like, you need the scaffolding, you need the experience, you need to be online to understand the humor. But I yeah. don't think that that makes this any more or less valid. I think they're equally... It's the world A versus world B. It's just, like, just because right. our parents and people watching the evening news don't know that HN exists or, like, they saw, like, a 60 Minutes thing on it once four years ago about, like, do you know the dark corners of the web? It's just, like... That's, like, there's... It's not more or less... Which is like they they probably only know about like the assassin market or whatever, because that's like the flashiest story that comes from from the dark web. It's like, oh, yeah, there's no rules. Like you can get guns and drugs and sex and like there's child trafficking. It's like, well, yeah, but it's also just like like they even say in here, it's just like things that aren't on Google. Like it's just like the unsearchable websites or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. um, But so, so I think it's interesting to turn an academic eye to that. What I what I think is fascinating and the reason why I thought the introduction was just B.R. Yeager writing in a different voice 
is because I think it is rare to try to direct the reading of a text before anyone has ever gotten a chance right. to read that text. Yeah. Like there's something really interesting aesthetically about that I choice. I mean, I it, it still catches me off guard. Like thinking about it, I'm just like, I can't believe that that's... Yeah, it's really... I, I'm, I'm curious about how it came about. I mean... And then even like the two, like, what did they call this? Like the before, like not the dedications, but it's like the the quotes that they pull before a text. Is there a word for this page? Yeah, there there is. Uh, the uh, I would have known it any other time than this exact second that you You're just You're making this firing, man. Yeah. But like, even these feel like lofty in a way. It's like... Well, it's the balancing. It's the, yeah. it's the dialectic between high and low culture, mm-hmm. right? Which is disappearing more and more every single day and and if in a good way or a bad way in in a way that is is a a totally neutral way but in in a way that also like i don't know that it ever there was ever really that much of a difference between it because it's not like you know the 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 marquis de sade or leopold van sacher massac is like those guys were both high culture but also that's where we get sadism and masochism from um pasolini is high culture you would nobody would argue that pasolini is not high culture but you know you watch that 120 days of sodom movie and you're just like holy fuck this is like you know, the, the amygdala tropolis is is within that lineage right of 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 like examining that specific kind of sadism and and why we why certain people embrace it and yeah. and, and like why it's important to their essence as human beings yeah for sure anything else you want to read egg's email uh give let's give egg a day in court we have an email address lottery at cageclub.me i know that we have some new listeners who are going back to check things out because i think this season has been very accept- Like we've talked about this not on mic but like it's very accessible we have a lot of great author interviews and it feels like for a topic that's extremely online, there's a natural tendency like for people like because there's some who are online to, right. to engage with it. But also because it's um, the most, you know, uh, most of the authors that we're reading are because they're writing about online. They're people who are alive and writing right now and you can actually engage with them on the Internet and on Twitter. You can at them. Uh, they because of the, the decline of stature in literature in america um you're more likely to get through to them than you would have been able to get through to someone like norman mailer or something like well, that I think also like to their credit a lot of them just have their dms open like i'm just like not even having to add people i'm just like sliding into yeah those yeah DMs. because because they're online in a way that they i mean they're aware of because it's the internet's them, value right? to yeah. culture yeah. yes so we've email lottery at cageclub.me. If you're listening to this episode or any episode you want to write in about this book or any book, lottery at cageclub.me. We'll read on the next episode. But our friend Egg wrote in Meg's reaction to Amygdalatropolis. This book, Egg says, was interesting. I don't think that this email is going to be very long because I'd like to stop thinking about this book as soon as possible. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, like kind of same. Yeah, I mean, I... I find that the things that I try to stop thinking about are the things that I keep on thinking about, though. So, you know. I think that there's an incredible value. Like, I'm glad, obviously, that we read this. I think that it's important to talk about this kind of thing. Yeah. Would I rather not have to picture some of the horrific stuff in there? Yeah, absolutely. But, like, you know. The act of reading this book, Egg says, made me feel ill, but it was interesting in that it never seemed to cast moral judgment on the main character. It felt like a clockwork orange in that it felt like the exploration of violence. I can also appreciate the fact that the prose within the novel was quite beautiful, Mm. even though the content itself was horrific. Which is a tough thing to pull off, right? It's not like the prose, like the prose in American Psycho is not beautiful. It's very like... Clinical? Clinical, yeah. He's He's not like going for poetry. He's just going for like the blunt explanations of blood and guts Mm -hmm. whereas uh, i think jaeger does a good job here of of weaving between the the typo laden uh internet speak and that sort of ethereal poetic religious mode yeah Ooh, not all in all in short oh shit mixing it up changing it up in short i can appreciate the strength (sighs) of the book but i don't think i'd ever be able to bring myself to recommend it to anyone else we gotta we gotta teach meg something about brand uh brand consistency come on egg <laughs> no i i mean that, that that's interesting too whether or not you would recommend this book to other people because you recommend this book to another person and they read it and then they think like you're a psychopath yeah 
or why did you why did you thrust that upon mm-hmm. me? Why did you make me why did you make me read that thing? Well, it's actually halfway through this. I'm like, oh, Egg probably hates this. Yeah, I thought. Well, I thought I thought she would too. Um, it's not. It's interesting because the book that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a book that if anybody that read it said to me, I didn't finish that book. I, t- I, I had to I had to put it down. I'd be like, I totally get that. Yeah, You're, yeah, totally, no problem. But I think it's mercifully short in that regard. It's not like it's 700 pages of this. That's true. Like you're in and you're out and you're whatever. Um, let me try to give Matt a call. What do you think this, what is this cover? I think it's an amygdala, amygdala, amygdala. Yeah? I think so. Okay. Let's give Matt a call. See if he's around for oh, Sunday. He's not going to be around. He's texting on the thread. That doesn't mean anything. Hey, you've reached Matt. Phone off or do not disturb mode. <gasps> Probably doing work. Well, we'll get Matt on the next episode. We have Patreon, patreon.com slash lottery pod at lottery pod on Twitter. Email lottery at cageclub.me. And like the first judicious. I- uh, I, I, well, I have one more thing. I have one more thing to say about the about the book, which is going to keep com- reading. It's going to come off kind of harsh because it's the last thing that I'm saying about it. And it's like my biggest criticism yes. of the text, which is that. um these might be true. I don't. I don't know because I'm not part of it. But it like definitely like trucks and a lot of stereotypes of the people that like like of the, the main character hits all of the notes that that we stereotypically sure. think of of yes. these these folks as. So in in doing so, it doesn't really provide us with insight into these people because he's really just confirming all the things. That, it would have been interesting if it was like a handsome, well-spoken, affluent, like the opposite, or like a woman. Yeah, yeah, but it does. Yeah, it's. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know that that's a criticism, but it, it's something that, like, uh, you know, it doesn't. I don't. I don't think it's giving us insight into this character necessarily because it is dealing with all of the things that we already think about these people: incels who are homeschooled, who, uh, you know, are actually afraid of the world when they're talking real big from behind a computer. I think if you do it with someone who's not the stereotypical incel, this, you know, teenage white boy, that's what this becomes about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. like, oh, women can be incels too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. did you not <laughs> yeah, read yeah. anything else? It becomes, me. yeah, it becomes maybe not, maybe not as interesting because then it becomes a sort of apologia for, for the white male yeah. <laughs> or something like that, which we don't, you know, I think is probably lame to do i thought you were setting up that final thought as a way to just give your crime and cut me off without saying keep reading i would never do that um you do that i'm no i would ne- joey i would never ever juridical postulate i would never do that judicial today's postulate? today's crime is uh bootlegging cds <laughs>